It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. The off-season finale, which can only mean that football and the NFL season is right around the quarter, man. Also, season three is right around the quarter. It's your boy, Jimmy J, with my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. How we doing, y'all? Season or, or off-season finale. Like, you gotta be juiced because we go back in studio next week. Season three starts next week. Football starts next week. A whole kit and caboodle. We've got kitten caboodle. That's it's crazy. That's, it I, I was at, that's a lot. That's honestly a pretty good descriptor of what's going to happen. We have a lot a coming up. Caboodle. I'm really excited for it. And like honestly, this is like, I mean, this is borderline Christmas. This is this is Christmas <laughs> in September because the NFL season coming back uh, means that there's no longer like this drought of sports content, which we've been yeah. going through for like the past two ish months. So excited for it! It's it's been brutal. It's been brutal for sure. Matt, I know you're excited. Yeah, I've I've watched way too many baseball documentaries, and I like baseball, but like I want to get engrossed in football again. Did you I don't watch? Need, the- I, I don't need to watch a 45 minute Mr. Padre documentary about Tony Gwynn on YouTube like I did. Oh yeah, you ago. were you were you were in the trenches, my friend. You you need football bad. You didn't watch the Derek Jeter doc- documentary, did no, you? No, I'm not watching that. It's not worth watching. I. <laughs> I wanted to, and I just I missed find where, I might find the part where they blow the 3-0 lead to Boston, because I think it'll be interesting, not just to be a hater, but it'll be interesting to see how he, like, processed that as, like, this ultra-competitor and how he, like, needed to respond to it. I think that would be an interesting thing. But other than that, I don't have much to say. My hate for Derek Jeter makes me not want to watch it, because, but my intrigue does. But then I feel like, since I'm such a Derek Jeter hater, that it would just make me just enraged with like his success and his glory in him. Like MJ haters probably hated the last dance. I would hate this, this Derek Jeter doc. But yeah, but remember I, this is, it's not like a doc about Jordan. It's like a doc about Chipper Jones. He just like that. That's the level of player. Oh, I see. I remember. Oh my take. God. It's oh. no, uh, that's, we are uh, not okay. doing this today. We are oh, not. Like, he's not nearly good enough we're not, to have. Matt, we're not doing this today. We're not. Like Braves fans should watch a documentary about Chipper Jones. <laughs> Yankees fans should watch a documentary about Derek Jeter. Well, I should like. I'm not gonna. I I don't have interest in that. We're not gonna. Well, you're not gonna make me disrespect Chipper Jones either. Like I don't want. I don't want to throw a straight at Chipper Jones because you put Derek Jeter in this category. I love, uh, Chipper Jones, great player. Um, why are we like, at a Chipper no, Jones? Why are we, why are we having a Chipper Jones debate right now? Why 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 are we doing this? We're getting into NFL content. We're not so used to not having the NFL that we're try, that we try <laughs> to find stuff. To talk about this. Interesting. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, I'm not we, doing it anymore. Have to do that. The, the NFL season is around the corner, which means in the last episode of the off season, we need to have the NFL predictions. We need to lay it all out on the line for the viewers because the season starts next week. So the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to get into the biggest surprise player 
of this upcoming season for the NFL. So, Jake, I'll go to you first. Who's going to shock people coming up this season? So I don't know if this one counts as like a shocker, but I think it will maybe be more of an affirmation of what is one of the most hyped players coming into. So I guess in 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 that regard, it's really not a surprise. But I think breakout. some breakout. But I don't I don't think this guy's a household name yet. To be honest, Who Gabe Davis on Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. like he had all of the shine in the. Uh, Playoff game, I think it's what four touchdowns, two hundred mm-hmm. plus yards. I mean, it's enough to uh, to make you think that this guy is going to be the one A one B, and I truly do believe that. And some people will say, you know, he has Stephon Diggs there; they can't coexist as two high target guys. But you know, they've got the offensive machine firing with Josh Allen. I compare it a lot to the situation in Tampa Bay. I mean, you look at Mike Evans, number one receiver, Chris Godwin. Is he a bona fide number one? He would be if Mike Evans wasn't on the team. Yeah, so yeah. I like I I truly do believe Gabe Davis is that guy. And he also gives you a little bit different of a target compared to Stefan Diggs, who's a little bit more of a slight frame and, and runs some deeper routes. And obviously Gabe Gabe Davis can run those routes too, but um maybe a little bit more of like that Waller type frame where he's a big target. So I'm I'm just really excited to see after that postseason. Um, I won't spoil anything else later in the episode, but I'm really high on the Buffalo offense this year and um, excited to see Gabe Davis in it. I mean, I got to agree with you. Like, I, I completely, like, I, the, the playoff game, the AFC Championship game, can't just be like a flash in a pan for Gabe Davis. And there's plenty of room in that offense for them both to coexist. And I like the 1A, 1B. I like the Mike Evans and Chris Godwin comparison because we could be seeing the next like thousand yard duo of receivers when you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you got OBJ and Jarvis Landry, you got, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, you got these, you know, two receivers who are averaging a thousand yards per season. I think Gabe Davis is now coming into that own, coming to his own with Buffalo. And Buffalo is unlike some of the offenses in the NFL, some of the high powered offenses in the NFL, is they've built a lot of time together. This is gonna be now year three, four, five of this same unit the same battery of quarterback and receiving core and tight end with Dawson Knox going at it so it's it's only going to get better over time they're only going to work everything out and they're only going to make sure that there's enough targets for both of them to to be on the field and think about really quick like who have been the number two receivers in this recent stretch we've got Cole Beasley we've got Mr. John Brown Mm. Uh, and like Emmanuel Sanders and Emmanuel Sanders. I'm not like, he's probably the best of that group, but I truly like did Gabe Davis is way better than those three guys when they played for the bills. I mean, maybe certain time in his career, Emmanuel Sanders was close to a wide receiver one, but like, I, I truly think it's going to be a new level for the bills. They've been good. They've been a competitor. I think this season we might see them become like what the chiefs have been for a couple years that just a dominant unstoppable offensive unit what are you gonna say i i for me gabe davis it's just i need to i it's so easy to just look at that playoff game and say oh he can do that in the regular season too but remember the chiefs were very flawed defense he did some incredible incredible like unbelievable stuff like beating people making people fall over on the biggest plays of the game Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. nfl history is littered with a great, with great postseason performances from players who are just good players and nothing more than that. So, like, I'm not anti Gabriel Davis, but I, I'm not. 
I don't feel the draw to say that he'll like surprise everyone and have like a Pro Bowl season. And uh, I guess that's a good line because Jake, is that what you're saying? Like, is like put it on the no, line? I, like, I, what, I, could I, he be a Pro Bowler? I think I don't know it, if I see that either. To be it honest, it may hurt him that. because like Diggs is same position, going to be a Pro Bowler on his team. But if they're the number one offense and you know a top two team. They're going to have a lot of yardage and touchdowns and, and receptions to go around. Yeah. Um, like comparatively, 35 catches for 550 yards in the regular season last year. Like he's going to double that. I, I'm, I'm, I would be very comfortable saying he's going to double that. Yeah. 70 a catches, 1,000 yards. 1,000 yard receiving season. Yeah. Like, I, I could say 1,000 yard receiving season. They're going to want to put the top off the Maybach. Like Devin, Devin Singletary is not going to eat up a whole lot of a whole lot of yards. Zach Moss isn't going to eat up a whole lot of carries. Like they're they're a, a offense who puts all of their stock behind Josh Allen and, and and that passing offense. So I like the Gabe Davis take. Matt, here's your surprising player. Carson Wentz. Um and I'm not someone who loves Carson Jake. Wentz. <laughs> but like I, Jake, I Carson Wentz Carson Wentz is like he's better than Baker, first of all. But he has like Baker Mayfield syndrome where everyone acts like he's, like, the worst quarterback in the NFL when he's really just, like, he's okay. He can be pretty good sometimes. He like, can be. He can be at like, times. He like, can be. Is he, is he a reliable quarterback for a team that's trying to make the playoffs? No. Sometimes. No. <laughs> is he, he, is he, was is he, is he a lot better than Taylor Heineke? Yes, he is. Yes. Like, the, the Washington football team made the playoffs two years ago. Uh, <laughs> With a uh, uh, won the division with a seven and nine record with a uh, corpse of Alex Smith and then Taylor Heineke played halfway decent against Tampa and they lost last year. They have the same season except the rest of the NFC East is in dumpster fire. They go seven and ten, and if you just replace a Taylor Heineke with a Carson Wentz, someone who threw twenty seven touchdowns, seven picks, led his team to a winning record last year without great wide receivers, and you give him um, I'm Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. So sorry, I was like, I said, it's not T.Y. Hilton. It's not T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> yeah, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Doxson, if you think he's going to be good, and Curtis Samuel, who had 800 receiving yards for Carolina, who had the worst quarterback play in the NFL last year. So, like, that's a real player. Like, the Carson will put up halfway decent numbers, uh, will compete, the and I'm Washington, I really think, is going to compete with Dallas for one of the last NFC wildcard spots. I mean, look, I don't have a crazy high view on Carson Wentz right now. Like, the NFL really is a what-have-you-done-for-me lately league. And just like the Colts did, you almost forget the 27-7 and when you have it literally handed to you on a silver platter. Here is your playoff berth. Beat the Jaguars. Third, and there it is. Beat them, and you go in, and Carson Wentz, you wash all of this off you. You get it off you. And this man cannot come up in the big moments. He's now in the NFC East against the, his former team, who he was an MVP candidate, who drafted him, who was the best quarterback in the league for a little bit, who also features Dallas, also features all these primetime matchups that he's going to have to go in and play big and win in big moments. Like, it's going to come down if he wants to go to the playoffs. It's going to come down again. To week 16, week 17, week 18, on the road in Philly, Dallas, New York, wherever. 
it's going to come down to one of those games again. Matt, are you confident that Carson Wentz could go win one of those games? Because I am not. I am not. Well, if it's New I'm York, I'm confident he could go and lose one of those games. If it's Dallas, Dallas could lose it. I he he's a he's a coin. He's like I, I, my view of Carson Wentz is that he's a lot closer to I'm going to say it again because we always do it. Kirk Cousins than he is to um, Baker Anyone Mayfield. Good? That, like, and he, what like, does that do for you? And what does that do for you? Cool. And what does that do for you? Like what nine, does that do eight, for eight Washington? Nine wins Washington has a pretty good <laughs> roster. They they yeah. have a shot at making the wild card. I just think it's a decent shot, not like an outside shot. He's sure. shown he's shown the ability, like so, like for all the crap that we give Jimmy G, right? He really doesn't have the ability to blow up on you really bad. Like, throw one ball up in the air, other team gets it, comes back on the field, holds the ball too long, sack, fumble. Like, really, he's a game manager, for better or worse. He doesn't do that. Carson Wentz will take your game and light it on fire in the fourth quarter nowadays. Right. Like, we've seen it happen many times. So, like, maybe once upon a time, I, I just... Maybe he'll be okay with all those weapons. You're right. I like the people that they've surrounded him with. Um, but, you know, I think he's still same old Carson this year. I'm sorry, Matt. Also, also, what, what I want to point out is last year, he was on the team with the best defense in the division, one of the best defenses in the NFL. This year, still a good defense, but now he's going to have to go up against other defenses out of the best in the NFL. He's got to face Micah Parsons twice a year. He's got to face the Eagles defense twice a year. He's got to face the Giants defense once a year or twice a year who just got the best, maybe the best pass rusher in the draft. Like he's, he's got to face all of that now. Shaquille Leonard isn't on his team. Shaquille Leonard on the other team is trying to knock his head off. Like there are, there are things that go against Carson in, in this situation. I don't know. I just, I can't see him. I can't see him breaking out. Can I, can I, can I see him not being as bad? Can I see him not? Belly flopping at the end of the season, maybe sure, but I I don't know I don't know if I can see him surprising us and getting back to like MVP level Carson or getting back to 2017 Carson. Like what 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 would be surprising to you from Carson Wentz? What would Carson Wentz have to do this season to be like wow? Look at Carson. Are you asking me or Jay? Yeah, not the, yeah, it's your surprise. So, if he, so this to to live up to my. Bold expectation of him. It would mm-hmm. be lead uh, the commanders to a wild card playoff spot and have and and have roughly similar stats to what he had last year. Just the moments where he screws up are not the high leverage moments like they were last year. I don't trust him in the moments. He can have twenty seven and seven all he wants. I don't trust him in the moments. And I don't think either one of you do either. You watched him throw up in a bunch of moments. Like, I, I don't think either one of you two either really trust him in a big moment. I don't. I don't <laughs> so he won four games in a row to make the win the NFC East with Greg Ward as his best receiver. He like, did do that. That, that was like, a long that, time that, ago. I know. I know. I, and then he had like the worst season a quarterback's had in a while, in a while the next year. And then he had last year, which is really hard to pinpoint. But like, if you're just talking about like, um, it's it's you can't talk about like the MVP caliber season anymore. But like 2019, he was pretty good, and he can be a pretty good quarterback. Like, it's not the most surprising thing in the world. I hear you. This is the same quarterback who threw a left-handed interception. 
pick right six the, in right his own end zone. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. That's really that was tough. funny. That's really tough. He said that was funny. All it right, my funny. surprising player for this year is Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy who I think is about to go back to being one of the best threats in the NFL at the wide receiver position. Probably top 10, if I were to think. And it's mainly because of the quarterback he's with now. He goes from a very old and, and hanging on by his, you know, his shoelaces, Ben Roethlisberger, to his career, to now going to Kansas City to being with the most dynamic quarterback, the, the most creative quarterback, the best quarterback in the league, probably in the best offense, a high-powered offense. And he's not alone in that offense right now. He's, it's not him going to be you know, getting all the attention and all the targets. You have, obviously, Travis Kelsey in that offense, but also MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, is going to draw a lot of attention over the top to allow Juju to get back to running these over-the-middle intermediate routes that made him so good in Pittsburgh. Um, and I just think Kansas City's offense is really designed to do that. You look at Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, and Kansas City's offense last year, their net yards per attempt and where they ranked. The Steelers are, are in the bottom like tier of the NFL, ranked 27th, and KC, as you expect, is top 10 and 8th. So that just tells you what this offense is designed to do. We've seen it run. I'll have to tell you about Kansas City's offense. But I think Juju going into that offense from where he was in Pittsburgh is a little re- revitalization. And Juju goes back to being one of those household names again. Like I think like people are really down on Juju right now. Like it's it's almost like type of given up type of thing. And I don't think it's all him. Like I, I think a lot of it was the like the team he was on, the, the circumstance he was in. You give anybody Patrick Mahomes in their in their, you know, I'm I'm back to being optimistic about that. I like Juju. I was surprised. I'm looking at his stats now. I did not know he had 111 catches. His second year in the league, like that no, he was is popping off. He was popping off. Fourteen hundred yards um, that year as well. Like maybe, he he, maybe off. I, I, I was kind of sleep on Juju coming in. I didn't think that he was going. Like I really, I, I, I honestly, I kind of still do think that people dis, discount. Um, like I know, I know, uh, Hardman is gone, but they still have Pringle. They still have Alex Scantling. I do believe that he'll be. Maybe not all of Tyreek Hill, who probably I, I could see him being like eighty to seventy percent of Tyreek Hill's production, which is and more than more Juju. Juju. Yeah, yeah. Which is more than enough and would be a bold I, I agree with you, a bold step forward in terms of public. Well, well here's the perception. thing. Here's what Juju gives the the Chiefs that even the Chiefs haven't really had. Like Nicole Hardman, it was well, not even really that. Like you had these speed demons. And then you had Travis Kelsey. You had Tyreek Hill, Byron Pringle, um, McCall Hardman, and then Travis Kelsey as your tight end. You never really had that number two. Like Sammy Watkins was last year, like their number two big body receiver, a guy who can run and go get it over the middle. And I'm sorry, but even a down juju is better than Sammy Watkins. And he made Sammy Watkins productive in that offense. So you still have McCall Hardman. You go and get MVS, who can still take the top off the defense, still have Travis Kelsey, and you've upgraded in that intermediate second wide receiver over Sammy Watkins with Juju. And I think that's great for not only Juju in particular, but for the Chiefs offense. What worries me about Juju is the fact that his entire like greatness early in his career was so much predicated on being not Antonio Brown. 
because Antonio Brown yeah. at the well, that was peak of his powers. Antonio Brown like threatening to break receiving yard records, like in catch and touchdown records. Antonio Brown and he reaped the benefits of having the coverage slanted the other way. And then since Antonio Brown left, he's been a, a fine number two receiver. But again, with a not great quarterback with Roethlisberger collapsing, um, with Mahomes, I think he improves, but I can't see him becoming Juju household name again. Even though I do, I do think it's a good signing for Kansas City. Well, well, here's the thing: sometimes when you when you roll with with the star, with the celebrity, even the, even the posse gets known. You know, even the entourage gets known. So when you roll with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, and you're putting up 35 a game, and you're bringing the house down, you become a household name again. Like, you, like it, it's just, it's almost like a guilty by association thing. And he's not like a Nicole Hardman or a Pringle who never had a name to begin with. He's Juju Smith-Schuster, the first round draft pick. A guy who will put up 1,400 yards in his second year in the league. Like, not a guy who people are going to have a hard time remembering when he starts doing these crazy things in the Chiefs offense. I mean, honestly, and this is no disrespect to the Chiefs wide receivers, but, like, their offensive scheme is so good and Mahomes is so good. I'd go to say, like, if you just, instead of a receiver, had a, like, shopping cart on the field and you got to push it before the snap, it would have like 50 catches for 500 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. How would Jalen Rager do? <laughs> Somewhat similar, probably. <laughs> Similarly. Yeah, uh, look. Worse. Don't put, don't put Jalen Rager on the Chiefs offense. Y'all going to want to trade back for it. Right, I know. That's the <laughs> truth. Want back. It is the truth. Yeah, bro. Like I, I, and Matt, I, and I hear you. And I made you guys define what you mean by surprise. So I'm going to define it by surprise. And Juju goes back to having Maybe not top 10, but like that top 12, 13, 14, you know what I mean? That tier three receiver season with, a guy, with guys like maybe like A.J. Brown and Mike Evans, guys like that. Like, I think he can go back to having that type of season. He's in that type of offense. Just like Gabe Davis, just like the Gabe Davis yeah, point. Very similar. Like, there, are, there, are, there is enough air in this football for you get 100 yards, and you get 100 yards, and you get a touchdown. And you know what I mean? Everybody eats on that offense. Yeah. You know? Put Cole Hardman on another team. He's Marquez Callaway. It's the Warriors Unite. effect of the NFL. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is the Warriors effect of football. And they just got Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's getting his 17. He's getting his second chance. Like, there you go. You mean all-star starter. <laughs> really yeah. But, all, but all-star starter. Juju going to go back to it. All right. We're going to move from narrow scope to big scope and do biggest surprise team of this upcoming season. So I'll give you all a choice. You either choose to be surprisingly good or surprisingly bad. Matt, I'll start with you. Which one are you choosing and what's your team? I'm going to choose surprisingly bad, and that is the New Orleans Saints. Talk about it. Hold on. Before you go, uh, CJ Lindsay, just turn it up a little bit, a little bit. Okay. Make sure you're mm -hmm. dialed into Matt's voice. He's about to give you all the facts. Matt, go ahead. The floor is yours, Statman. People are talking about the New Orleans Saints like their quarterback is not Jameis Winston. Talk about Jameis it. Jameis Winston <laughs> hasn't won anything at all Talk about in it. his NFL career, and because he had a nice six-game stretch last year, he's all of a sudden, like, a top QB. 
there is a very good chance that Baker Mayfield has a better chance, better quarterback season in that division than Jameis Winston does. And this is I, I and they lost Sean Payton. They lost Sean Payton. This was a team that went nine and eight last year with poor QB play with a very good head coach. There's still a poor QB play because they have Jameis <laughs> Winston, and they yeah. lost a really good coach. And their offseason moves have been like I like the trade up for Olave, but like it's it's been weird. And the, but why would they give trade their safety to the Eagles? Like I don't understand their offseason moves because some of it's like we're going all in, some of it's we're hedging our bets, and they just have any. I I don't think I think they missed the playoffs easily. I think they go seven and ten and miss the playoffs. Yo, you're never going to hear any debate from me from from saint slander i the only thing i can think one they traded you chauncey um they traded you chauncey garner because he stinks because he's not horrible like, he's okay he stinks he's rosterable he though like he he, he belongs on an nfl roster i know you don't like him because sure, he sure, was probably sure. annoying sure. He, i know no, he is annoying Mills of safeties like he's he, he's he's a player <laughs> But guess what? The Eagles won a Super Bowl with Jalen Mills in their secondary. And he was I mean, the weakest leg on the defense. Yeah, and he, he made the play on Julio in the end zone. He made the play on Julio in the end zone. lucky that Matt he made Ryan the play. a very high pass. That was, Matt Ryan made a great play on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, right. look, look, look. But, but getting, back, getting back to the Saints' point, I, just, I have to see their offense come together because, like, you're right. Jameis is there, but Jameis... Like, their best players on their offense, Jameis didn't establish chemistry with last year. AK was out for a lot. Mike Thomas is still missing in the woods somewhere. So he established that chemistry with Marquez Callaway and, you know, and, and, and guys like that, like, and, and Deontay Harris. Like, this is not guys who are coming back to their roster. And, like, just like the Carson Wentz point, and probably even more, Jameis Winston has the ability to explode everywhere at any given moment. Pause. But yes, he does. Yeah, pause, pause, big pause. But repeat it with me. 30 touchdowns, <laughs> 30 interceptions. The vaunted 30-30 season. Not the good one, though. Like, to, to never be replicated or duplicated again. 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. No, it was the craziest thing ever no, no, My favorite part of that is that he has 5,000 yards, too. 5,000 yards! <laughs> Don't don't let me tally the fumbles with it. Forty-one oh, turnovers. <laughs> like I I watched it. You can't. You don't come back from that for me. And six games does not right all wrong for me. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, I, I loved I love the six games point because that doesn't. You know who else was really good six game stretches? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like uh, um um Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> like like come on man. Like like, like, like they're, 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 they deserve a spot in the league, especially like. If you have to plug him in as a backup, that's a good spot, but like they can't you can't rely on him being the starter for the season. Yeah. And I also would would, you know, keep your head on a swivel, Saints fans, because I think one of just playing the odds, Mike Thomas and or Alvin Kamara. I mean, Kamara has some off the field stuff, rumblings around about alleged assault. <laughs> something that could potentially hold him out for some games if it ever does come to litigation. I'm not reporting. I have no clue about the mm -hmm. if that is or isn't going to happen. Mike Thomas, on the other hand, very often injured and has not played in a couple of years. You cannot count on him to be 120, you know, uh, receptions in the year. Like, that's not happening. No more Drew Brees, no more Sean Payton, no more Prime. We had, the, we had this conversation. 
Jameis don't throw slants. Right. Jameis don't Throws throw five-yard dick outs. No. If you're not 20 yards down the field, he don't see you. Like, that's where he throws. He don't throw hitches. He's got LASIK like, now. He actually will see you now. He just won't throw it there. He has he LASIK. Throw, no, no. He going to see people down the field even better. Right. <laughs> he going to see the windows down the field even clearer. They want to go down there. I mean, just, I, it's a lot, of, a lot of Saints hate that comes from me. But, and, 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 yeah, they they might get, and they might get us in the regular season because that's what they do. And then they'll dance with their strobe lights in the locker room in week eight because they beat the Bucks. But then, Matt, I like it. Seven. Seven wins. Uh, I also need to get support you in that hate because I need to get some licks off as well. Good. Um, the most surprisingly bad team this year is going to be the Dallas Cowboys. Is going to be. Not, oh, I think it's going to be. Is going to be the How Dallas bad? Cowboys. Because what's surprisingly bad miss is the missing play. the playoffs is surprisingly bad. They're going to miss the playoffs. <clears throat> and I think it's mainly going to be due to the fact that they don't have a solid offensive line for the first time in Dak Prescott's career, really. Mm. Uh, and you also made mention earlier when we talked about Carson Wentz, but you're worried about him going up against the NFC East defenses. I mean, he doesn't have to go up against Micah Parsons, but he does have to go up against Chase Young and Dak Prescott, that is. Um, so, like, I think he's going to be under duress like he's never been in his career and that's going to adversely affect like the outcome. Plus, plus we didn't get to it. We we moved past it. But my surprisingly bad player is also on this team. <clears throat> Zeke Elliott is so due to have the wheels fall off. And, and to be fair, they do have solid support if that does happen with Tony Pollard. But Zeke but has been. But that doesn't. But that doesn't minimize your point. That I even might support it if Tony Pollard starts getting a lot more carries. That supports your point. But in terms of how much it'll hurt Dallas, I think it'll be minimal compared to other teams losing a top five player, has been top five player at that position. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're going to see some of the same stuff maybe in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins starting to fall off. I don't know when he, when he comes back from a suspension. But like once you get up into this 28-year-old range and you've been getting 300 touches every single year, your body doesn't like that a lot. So usually and, it starts to shut down. And, and I don't think one... The defense is going to save them, like like the, not maybe not save them. The defense is gonna is gonna get them out of some things. Like I I do think their defense is is coming back stronger. Like I I don't have as much disdain for Trayvon Diggs as a lot of people do. Um, I think Michael Parsons is on his way to becoming the best defensive player in the league. Like I, I think their defense is very solid. I do also think they're underestimating. The absence of Amari Cooper. And I know he pouted a lot last season. I know he wasn't the Amari Cooper that everyone's used to. But I, I think they're really, really overlooking the impact that Amari Cooper can have on a football game, even if he's not catching the ball. You must put a lot of attention over to Amari Cooper. And this all of a sudden overnight stock rise in CeeDee Lamb, like I'm not sure I see it all the way. Good receiver would be... One of the best number twos and receivers in the league would be uh, the next Chris Godwin or on the same level of Chris Godwin if that offense stayed where it was. But the number one, I'm not through the moon about it. Like, like I'm, I'm not, through, I'm not through the moon about it. I'm not even as hung up about like going from Amari to CD. That I mean, maybe Amari's the better player, but maybe you know, three years from now, I would say CD would probably be the better player. So whatever. The biggest discrepancy 
Hold on, Amari Cooper. I don't, before Amari Cooper at his best, like Amar, like Amari Cooper at his best. No, Amari Cooper three years top from now, six, seven, eight receiver in the league now. Uh, we'll see how he does on um, Cleveland with receivers Jacoby Brissett. Are very bunched up once you like. There's no very clear true. like very tiers true. of receivers like there were. A very true, ago. but if Amari Cooper gets right and not having not having Deion or not having um Deshaun Watson for what is it ten games? That's not that's not going to be good for him in Cleveland. But like Amari Cooper, if he gets back to his best in the next couple of years, I'd take Jacoby Brissett over Jameis Winston. That's my hot take. I'd say they're about the same player, but uh, just to just to close this point out, you know, the biggest discrepancy is now your wide receiver three isn't Michael Gallup. It is, and I'll let you guys tell me who the third best guy is, James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, Kevontae Turpin, Dennis Houston, Noah Brown, or Simi Fehoko. You take your pick. Were, were you really you reading could have been all these wide receivers? Or like the Texas Longhorns wide receiver <laughs> yeah. recruiting list. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I literally was just you could have been naming me the top high school recruits in the country, and I I wouldn't have known the difference. I wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean so, it's shocking. So take your pick. So so take your pick. Yeah, like no, I, 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 I like I mean, the I, I I'm just gonna I agree with Jake. I just was too wimpy to go with it. I hear you. No, no, I I hear you. It's because because it, well, it's, it, for fact, y'all it's an it easy really thing to bad. say. Yeah, it, but like they they're they they were twelve and five last year. It was a great chance for them to honestly have a playoff run last year because the NFC had no clear big favorite. There wasn't an unstoppable mm-hmm. force, and they choked at home to Jimmy G, and they ran a draw with no timeouts to lose a playoff game. It was fantastic. Oh, that was so and, sweet. And, and, they wasted, and they wasted. Also, Kyle Shannon almost blew that game, but the Cowboys are the Cowboys. So they can't even capitalize on that. So mm-hmm. they, it's the classic Cowboys of my lifetime where they waste teams of great talent and then when it chips away, they collapse. And that seems to be where it's trending. And it, but, but the talent is dwindling. The great talent. Yeah, yeah the, the last Cowboys year was their shot. Point. And now yeah, and all these pieces are leaving and then Tyron Smith gets hurt. And it's just like, it's rough. You, you, the Cowboys for a, a couple of years stretch, even before the Micah Parsons of the world, had a roster on the paper that was like this team almost unbeatable, yo. Like we've like they had Byron Jones back there before, um, you know Trayvon Diggs made a name for himself. Like they had people on that roster, and you know now now they don't. Like now mm. now it's a <laughs> now it's a much a much less known roster. So we're gonna see. All right. Y'all was negative with yours. My my surprising team is going to be on the good side. And it may not seem like this team should be on a surprising list. I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders. And what what they're going to surprise people, this team will be contending for an AFC Championship game. AFC Championship Super Bowl. That's, that's, That's my surprise. Because I really don't think people are realizing how good this team is on. Like, bro, this team is stacked on paper. This team is very, very good well, on paper, and I am very high on Derek Carr's ability to run this offense. Like, what? What do you got to say? So you're making uh, something that I do very often, and here's good. a very important distinction. They have a very stacked offense on paper, and they do. And no, they no, 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 no. They have a ve- not a very stacked defense. I'm sorry. They have a defense does, on the rush. Does, does, the, does the pass rushing pair of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones mean anything to anybody. 
Like what? Like strong. why are we very not strong. talking about that? That's Jonathan Abram in the secondary. Point. Like why are we um, not? T- why are we not talking about? He's that? a good box safety, but like when you're gonna have to say, "Hey, Jonathan, we're gonna need you to uh, hang back in case there's some sort of you only got to cover for three, four seconds running down, cover, the, running down the seam. You can't. You only got to cover for three, four seconds because one of us get home. You can't double team both defensive ends, and I and I got two top five sackers in the league last year. Does this? Before we go, does this have anything to do with maybe a team that wears blue no, and yellow just, and white? Maybe it has nothing to do with the Chargers. Will they beat the Chargers on the way to surprise the people? Absolutely. But this has nothing to do with my, I don't dislike the Chargers. They just got to prove it to me. And if they can't beat the Raiders again and miss the playoffs again, then they don't prove anything to me. But that, that's just the defensive side of the ball. And then you go, what people also aren't talking about is they probably have a top five to six receiving core all the way around in the league. We talk about Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller all being thrown the ball. Don't forget Josh Jacobs is the running back. Are you Come on, man. Come on, man. Like this team is going to be very good and people are very sleep on Derek Carr. Derek Carr led that team on a run last year to get to the I playoffs. And, and. He, he, I'm not saying he back to like MVP candidate Derek Carr, but if you're saying Derek Carr can't lead this team like to a deep playoff run with that roster, bro, bro, this team had their head coach make all these racist slurs. They had one of their star wide receivers commit a heinous crime. I won't even get into the details. Then they had their first round draft pick go Arnold Schwarzenegger in a video and pull out big gets. All, all in one season, and this team made the playoffs without Devontae Adams and without Chandler Jones. I will say, this is the one thing, I think like the ultimate like barometer for, are, are you, do you really know the NFL, is how you speak about Derek Carr. Because I will have some people look at me and be like, yeah, they've got Derek Carr as their quarterback. I'm like, Derek Carr is closer to a top 10 quarterback than he is a, a top like 20 a quarterback. Team. Right. Yeah. Way close, in my opinion, and this year I think is going to be very affirming of that because anywhere he looks, he's going to see an open receiver. I love, love the love that Hunter Renfro got on I Am Athlete. I don't know if you guys saw that clip mm-hmm, of Derwin mm-hmm. James talking about him. Like, you need to cut the film. That dude can get open. Um, so, I look, man, I, I, I believe that this can be a really good team, but ultimately they're going to have a really – you got to acknowledge they're going to have an almost impossible road with that division. Crazy tough. Uh, so I, I, tough. I've been very obvious with where I stand on the Raiders. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you're a hater. <laughs> you're a hater <laughs> on the Raiders. I just picked them for my team that's going to be worse than everyone thinks, but I was like, I've already said that, so I'll go with the Saints. Pupilla. Why is Derek Carr like this highly acclaimed? Like, what, He's closer to a top 10. End quarterback than a top twenty quarterback. Well, so is Kirk Cousins. No one's oh saying the Vikings are a surprise team because Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson stacked offensive like talent. And it's just like and Cook and yeah, Dalvin Cook. It's their I their car. He, he's fine. Good for them. The Raiders to make the playoffs. They massively overperformed what they actually how good they actually were last year. Great story. But if you just look at how like. The division they're in, they're clearly fourth, and they're going to have a losing no, record. No, they're not. No, they are not clearly fourth. They they absolutely are not clearly fourth. They're they're closer to being like 
one or two than they are to being four. Like they're closer to the top of the division. Like Matt, they just went to the playoffs. Like they, they just, they just oh, beat boys. everyone in the division, yeah, oh, but yeah. the Chiefs last year. And 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 if and I'll say it again, if Chiefs we're honest about hearing, if we're honest about hearing a whistle in the wild card game, they beat the team who represented the AFC no, in the Super Bowl. They they do not beat the Bengals, even if that call is made. They lost by a touchdown. They lost by a touchdown. That game would have gone to overtime. They would have lost. They lost by a touchdown. The Bengals are a lot better. <laughs> And the Bengals will play a lot better that game. Like, like, I love him. You see him, Jake. You see him. Denial. Just denial. I love Hunter Renfro. Um, he is probably my favorite. Yeah, he's my favorite Clemson player in the NFL right now. That's because Trevor Lawrence. Um, but like, I just don't see the Raiders in. Like, I look at the AFC West and I look at the Chiefs. That's obvious. I look at the Broncos with Russell Wilson and I look at the Chargers. I just, I like the the chance that the Raiders have of being ahead of the Chargers is if the Chargers screw it up, which is very possible because they're the Chargers and that's all they do. But it's nothing about how good the Raiders are. Raiders are You're, no Raiders. I, Raiders would contend for the AFC South title, but they're fourth in the AFC West. I, I, I can't see. I just can't see where you get that from. Like, I, I really. I really can't see how you ignore all the good about the Raiders. And all, you, all you've pointed out is about the Raiders. The bad is just the feeling you have. No, no. Like, and they like I'm putting, a, good I'm putting out players that they're getting. Like, and you're like, huh? Ah. A wild card game and then lose. And then, like, Devontae Adams, I'll talk about him later. But, like, he, like, it's a great signing. But the Raiders weren't a contender last year. And they massively over. I'm just be analytics on analytical, but like if you look at their Pythagorean wins, they're supposed to be a seven and ten team. If you just look care. at their differential stuff, and if you look at the history of what those teams do the next year, they regress to the mean. The triangle uh, theorem said that they are not going to be a good team. Yeah, well, well okay. Matt, I'm not measuring. I don't measure football a squared plus b squared equals c squared. I don't. I measure it on. Players, yards, and, and touchdowns, and if you win games, and the Raiders are able to do that, like we'll see. We'll see. One time we'll see. they won games. One time they won games. <laughs> we'll and they see. Ten and seven. They it's not like Does they it, were like like thirteen and right, four. Right, right, right. And and that's why they're the surprise team this year. I mean, to be a surprise good team is going to be a bold take, right? Everyone's going to be surprised about how far the Raiders went, except for me. And I'll and I'll and we'll check. Team. You won't let us forget it. I'm sure. Oh my goodness. I won't let Matt forget it for sure. Jake, you're not as bad, but I definitely won't let Matt get it for sure. All right. Next one, we're going to move on to the rookie of the year voting because, you know, it's just always a fun one to see which first year players are going to have a breakout season. So, Jake, give me real quick your offensive and your defensive rookies of the year who you predict for this season. Yeah. Offensive, uh, going to go out on a limb here. And it kind of correlates to what I said last episode. I'm going to go Brees Hall uh, as the offensive rookie of the year. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the quarterback position is not going to be able to generate a lot of value for them uh, mm. offensively, whether that be Zach Wilson or whether it be, you know, Joe Flacco or Mike White or whoever they have running around the Jets campus nowadays. <laughs> Either way, they're going to have to probably rely on Hall a little bit and, and considerably like when you're in the red zone and they're able to. I don't know, like jam up the receivers. Eli Moore, great receiver. Garrett Wilson, probably going to be a great receiver. I don't know how physical they are. I think he's going to get a lot of touches in the red zone to help them with that. 
Um, and the last five of the last 10 winners have been running back. So he's my mm. offensive defensive, uh, kind of a similar thought process. Aiden Hutchinson, um, I think that it's going to be kind of a coin flip between him and um, Trayvon Walker was the first pick. Yeah, for the least, Jaguars, yeah. least talked about first round pick ever. I think it's a coin, coin flip between yeah, those two guys. But the last four, the trend has been dominant pass rusher from Bosa to Chase Young to Michael Parsons um, to Shaq Leonard, I think, the year before that. So four, last mm. four have been pass rushers. So I'm going to go Hutchinson. I really like the Aiden Hutchinson one because the Lions defense will be on the field a lot. Right. And he'll have much opportunity to make a whole <laughs> lot of plays and be on a whole lot of film because goofball will give him plenty of opportunity to do so. Brees Hall is interesting. And my whole friend group laughs at me. And I'm going to say it again. The Jets are building something. That's all. That's, that's all I got. I agree. That's all I got for the Jets. They're building something. So Brees Hall could be another another addition it's to that. Yeah. Build something with no quarterback. Yeah, that's true. That's correct. <laughs> Teams have done it. The Niners did it. I said, it's hard. I didn't say it's impossible. <laughs> I said it's hard. So rookie of the year for me, offensive. I'm going to go Sky Moore, and it's really simple: is that he got drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he'll have a lot of opportunities to make these like flashy plays. And I think voters will get like, uh, like enticed by like the big moments. Like it'll be a prime time game against mm-hmm. like Buffalo, and he makes like a really nice play, and people remember that when they're not really thinking much about how Brees Hall's doing at his one o'clock kickoff time. So <laughs> I, I, so I kind of was mostly a, a team fit kind of thing and defensive. I just saw Gardner. I know it's hard for a corner to win the award, but I just really think he, uh, he get, doesn't get the res- respect he deserves because he played for Cincinnati. He was one of the greatest college cornerbacks in the history of college football. And he's a monster, and there's a chance that teams are going to try to pick on him early, and he'll make them pay, and he'll have a really solid statistical season, and mm-hmm. he, and they'll be like stuffed by like, look how often they're throwing to the other side of the field that Sauce Gardner's on against the Jets, even though they're 28th in pass defense, eighty yeah. percent of the passes are to the other side fault, of the field. Right, not his fault. Yeah. Right. Like I think we'll see like those kinds of stats. Well, can Bro, you, oh, Jake, before you before you go, say it with me. The Jets are building something. This is what I'm about to say. If they, like, could you imagine, like, who do you point the finger to when they have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year and go, like, 4-13? and 13? <laughs> like, Zach Wilson. It's got to be Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. At, that point, at that point, I will hop off the Zach Wilson train. At that point, at that point, I will be, I will be completely out on Zach Wilson if that happens. But the Jets are building something. Um, <laughs> My offensive and rookie, offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year, I'll go offensive first. I know I gave the Saints a lot of slander, but it was more Mike Thomas slander. And I think Chris Olave can come and shock a lot of people and be up there for offensive player of the year. Um, if you look at just kind of recent history of offensive players of the year, too, you have Jamar Chase, who gets it last year. You have Justin, Justin Jefferson the year before, who a lot of people think should have gotten it. And then won't, won't go into it, but Justin Herbert gets it. Won't go into it much. We already know about that. But the trend is rookie, rookie wide receivers coming in and making a big impact. And if you watch Chris Olave's tape in, in Columbus, Ohio, at Ohio State, you know this brother is, is about to get to it. I mean, Broke has, holds so many Ohio State receiving records for yards and touchdowns. 
And like I said, he goes into an offense at a quarterback who's want to go to throw the ball down the field. And now you have a guy in Chris Olave who is deceptively fast, runs exceptional routes for being a, a rookie receiver in the NFL. And I think he's ready to come in and, and do a lot of things. So uh, I think Chris Olave can really get it done for the Saints. Saints might not have a great year, but Chris Olave, I think, is, is going to shine and, and do really well. And then for my defensive player of the year, or my defensive rookie of the year, actually, I didn't have a defensive rookie either. So how about that? Uh, I came unprepared for this one. But um, you like Hutchinson, right? I do. I do like Hutchinson. I also like Kayvon Thibodeau, but I don't know if I like him enough for defensive player. You also is going to have, he's also coming in with like some, some shoulder issues, right? Some, some issues out of camp. So we'll see, but I do like, I like both y'all picks to be honest. Matt, I'll say this. I've come around a lot to sauce Gardner. Cause I was one of the guys who fell susceptible to him playing for Cincinnati. And it was actually my man, Chuck, shout out to, to Chuck Lachlan, who was like, nah, man, run the tape. Like, it don't matter who he was against. That man was locked down, like locked down. And I ran the tape a little bit, and I was like, balls really went his way. And when no. they did, they were not completed, and most of the time they were intercepted the other way. You can like, fast forward through the tape. Not a whole lot of him on it. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, um, what, yeah, I like Chris Olave, uh, just the way he bounced back. He uh, tried to do – he made like he tried to make a play in the Fiesta Bowl that they lost to Clemson where he cut outside because he thought mm-hmm. fields would turn out. And because he cut outside – field through the game losing pick and a lot of players that would really hurt them mentally and he mm-hmm. came back and became one of the best wide receivers in the country immediately and that kind of mentality is what makes you su- and skill obviously we know that mm-hmm. is what makes you succeed in the nfl yeah oh, here I'll, I'll say one he won't win defensive rookie of the year but he'll have a crazy impact it's just very hard from this position y'all do jordan davis Oh, you're going yeah. there. Nice. Yeah. That that yeah. That that brother. Yeah. Like like the what one of the small benefits of l- like living in the Philadelphia Eagles media market is you I get to see tape from y'all that not everyone gets to see. And and the tape that y'all put out of this guy in camp and in practice is scary. Like it's it's really it's really alarming. <laughs> For opposing offenses, and opposing this offenses is the party. biggest chance that Wentz doesn't live up to my take because literally, well, but Matt, literally, the like biggest. Wentz, it's like yeah, it's, it's. I don't think he's going to be playing many more games this season. And didn't didn't he run? I don't want to misquote it, but didn't he run like a stupid forty time? Well, for his size, a stupid forty. You run like a four eight, I think. I thought it was lower than that. It was a four eight. Look up his forty it. time really quick. I thought it was lower. Four than seven eight. He's yeah, ran four seven. Now, nah, if I'll give it a four seven, I'm gonna call four seven because he's the size of my refrigerator. So. <laughs> right, right. You gotta give him, yeah, round down. I'm rounding down instead of up. All right, the best time, the best prediction, our Super Bowl picks. Give me your what you think is your definite Super Bowl winner, and give me your dark horse Super Bowl contender, Jake. You go first. Uh, so I already unveiled, and I kind of spoke to it earlier as to why uh, a few episodes ago mentioned that I bet on the Buffalo Bills to mm-hmm. finally do it, finally bring home a Super Bowl uh, and make, make good on the four falls of Buffalo. But like, I, are, I already said I think they're going to be the best offense in the league. They got better on offense. They were the best defense in the league last year mm-hmm. and got better. They almost yeah. 
it's it's not talked about a lot. It's not like a popularized thing, but uh, I think there are only two or three defenses to ever do the triple crown of least points against, least yards against, most takeaways. They were like three or four takeaways from doing that. I think it was like the 92 Eagles, the Legion of Doom, and the Bears defense in 85 were the only mm. defenses to ever do it. So like they have a historically good offense. Or I think they will. And they're, they had a historically good defense almost. So And they got better. I, I don't know how the Bills don't win this year. It, it, you're just fading luck. I mean, or unluck, unluckiness, I guess, if you're Buffalo. Right. So they're my pick. And then, which brings me great, great pleasure to say talk, this. Talk, and, talk your stuff. Talk and your actually stuff. believe it, unlike past years. The Eagles are a above-average quarterback season from Jalen Hurts away from going on a very deep playoff run and then potentially to the Super Bowl. I, I am positive that the, outside of Hurts, they have the talent to do that. I give you. I, I, I give you. Because they're your dark horse, and to be honest, they're like the last team you could say dark horse to. Because you guys... You guys... Okay, I mean... I guess it's he all can't even form pod. Yeah, he I, couldn't even. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't. Did you see, Matt? He wanted to give us a compliment right there, and he couldn't even get it out. No, like, I, he was like, "You're." Just- I am giving. That's hey, yo. If you don't take that as a compliment, you're not going. You, you, you'll be very disappointed about what I got to say about the- it. Might get bad. Say. Like I know last year we played Tampa in the playoffs, but everyone knew. Like I talked myself into a win, but like I was being. Ho- on, I, said, I said I was going full homer. That was my disclaimer, and I went full homer. And but like if. If the Eagles play Tampa in the playoffs on like and like the line is within three points, I'm gonna be way too invested in the result. It'll be a little dangerous for the pod, like if we lose <laughs> on some like ridiculous like player call and I'm just like smashing. <laughs> well, and, and here's here's the thing, Matt, is I don't know why you do this yourself because you could have just taken the win of the Eagles being a darker Super Bowl team. Now you gotta bring me into it. I gotta bring I'm saying the team that you're not gonna be like why you had to bring, had to bring us into it. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting for the listeners. Because if it's a it's one thing when the one when the two seed bucks are playing the seven seed Eagles it's another when the Bucks and Eagles are both viewed right. as Super Bowl the contenders right. and they're playing in the divisional car conference title game. Mm-hmm. Like then, it like, seems to end well for us, Matt, scars, Those scars don't heal. Like, I'm over the playoff loss last That'll year. Put, that will put our podcasts and our friendships to the test. <laughs> It'll be on a rocky, rocky I would, Jake, we've, 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 I mean, we faced each other many times, regular season, faced a couple times in the playoffs. We were too young the last time that we waxed y'all in the NFC Championship game for it really to like garner us this time. If it happens this time, right? If it's like big stakes and it happens, but I mean, we're due. What is the test? We're due. You know what I mean? You know, we had a good ride. We had a good, we had a great 20 year friendship, man. And it was awesome. And I appreciated every minute of it, you know? But that's going to put it to the test. Um, Matt, you're definite and you're dark horse. So, um, my definite, I, I did both teams. So, uh, I just did my Super Bowl pick is Rams over Ravens. Rams, I think they're getting no respect for being the defending Super Bowl champions, and they got better. <laughs> so, like I, you said that about the Bills. Well, the Rams actually won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, right. and, and I really like Buffalo this off season. I was going to pick them to be my Super Bowl team, and then everyone else started picking them, so I soured. Which is does mm. I'm just doing a fade the public kind of no thing. I no I get that yeah. trust me um, I get that. and I really think the Ravens have a bounce back year 
and I think Lamar takes him to the Super Bowl, but the Rams win. Mm. And my dark horse for each conference, um, oh, I didn't put the second team, but whatever. It's going to be, so it's Cardinals for the NFC. They're getting a lot of heat for a team that won 11 games. There's absolutely a scenario where Kyler Murray says, screw you to the haters, and they, and they like, rack off, like, what they look like they were at the beginning of last year. That, and people acting like that's a like ridiculous thing that could happen. And uh, the Broncos in the in the AFC, I, Russell Wilson with that Broncos roster, it's they're they're definitely a long shot Super Bowl contender. How do you how do you see the Cardinals? Yeah, I'm overcoming the team that you just picked to win the Super Bowl again. By the way, and a team and in the Forty Niners who I'm really high on. Yeah. That's why they're my long I'm not picking them. I long probably, shot, yeah. But like I think I think they probably I don't know. I long like, shot yeah. is an understatement. This but, is a Tiger no, Woods. Like, they they won eleven shot. games last year. They were a contender. Like they were ten and two to start. Like and they were young and silly and after six games that they can survive those without DeAndre Hopkins, he young and back. Silly. You're young and silly, silly in the NFL. You're gonna get blown out. You're gonna get blown out the water. They did. They did. They got blown out the water by the Rams in the playoffs. They're yeah. young and dumb and just happy to be there. And I'll and a team that actually becomes a contender takes that loss and swallows the bitter pill and gets better the next year. I don't think that's like I'm not predicting that's going to happen, but it's a definitely the fact that people are acting like no one's mentioning the Cardinals having a shot. I think I'm is wrong. I'm, I'm not mentioning them, hey, but this does coincide with a quick Cliff Kingsbury take of, of him not getting enough respect. So I kind of see where it's coming from, but there's too much instability in this off season for them. It's, it's too much going on. That Kyler thing is a, that that's, that's a, a looming little something. Like, people will not ever forget that you not only put it in his contract, but it, it was so polarizing that it got leaked to the public. I've never heard, like, something like that getting leaked to the public, unless it's incentives. I've never heard a provision like that. And I'm sure he's not the only person or quarterback or player to get something like that. I'm sure that happens. The Cardinals didn't make that up. Like, I'm sure that happened. But his got leaked. And that so they gave him study hall. They gave a professional quarterback and not even a lengthy study hall. They said, humor me. Sit down for four hours a week and watch film. What? Like, what? Like, that's like, what? So that DeAndre Hopkins goes and gets himself suspended for six games. You don't have Christian Kirk. You don't have Chandler Jones. Like, it's... Like I don't, I, I don't see it, man. And Cardinals are getting this. Yeah, the, the, the last point is the coach let him call plays, which was, in my opinion, a massive mistake in the preseason. So that when things go poorly for them, which every team, good or not, like they have lulls, unless they're going to go <laughs> undefeated. Like, what, at what point, if they lose a couple games, are they like, hey, coach, uh, we talked. We want Kyler to call the plays. Now you're in trouble. Now there's no real right answer. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that could who yeah. who knows if like, that's going to happen. But long shot, right? Long shot. Yeah, yeah. Not, like, not my pick. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, like like you know, Steph Curry's no Steph Curry range. Like, honestly, they're going to finish third in the NFC West, and I think they're a wild card. That's my prediction for them. Maybe. But like, I think there's. Let me not talk. Let me not talk. I got. A, I got. A, I got a long yeah, shot. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I got a long shot too. My definite 
and I'm 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 on the homer wagon with Jake, but I've already said this a couple episodes again too. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. go and repeat as Super Bowl champions. It's just to they me wouldn't, that wouldn't be a repeat because the Rams won. Go, I said go, well, not repeat. Matt, shut up. Like you know what I mean. Rams won. Last year didn't have the Rams and knocking out. You're not repeating the champions if you there's a year in the middle where you don't win. Like, why are you like this? Honestly. <laughs> because, because you, you know what I mean. Everyone out there knows what I mean. No, that's, you know what I mean. They go and win themselves another Super Bowl. Fine. They're second in three years. They go and win themselves another Super Bowl is what I meant to say. Um, and I've laid out all the reasons why before. Um, and I just, I love that Tom Brady's back. I love he can put it to bed. I love he's that he's like not really steering or running from the fact of his absence, like that kind of response puts like ease and everyone in this corner, like it might not feel like that from an objective point of view, but from the Buccaneers camp, that kind of response gives us like ease. Like he's not circumventing it. He's not trying to say like, Oh, I wasn't even gone for that long. He's not trying to deflect blame. He's like, bro, like, have you ever been 44 and played in the NFL? (laughs) No, like, (laughs) like uh, it's different. Like I got stuff going on. My kids are teenagers. Like it's like all all these things are are, are swirling around him, and he let the team know so he's back. It, it looks like everything is going to be good. We can get to my dark horse. My dark horse is a dark horse. How about this for y'all? The Jacksonville Jaguars mm. dark horse Super Bowl contender. Matt, you talked about it. How you would love for this to be a bounce back year for Trevor Lawrence, and I were I have said it before. I reserve the right to judge Trevor Lawrence until his quarter or until his head coach is not Urban Meyer. I just, I cannot put him any under any type of microscope when that was his guidance last year. That's just unfair. And I know the talent I saw in Trevor Lawrence. I watched it for three straight years in college. I know the talent that is there. And, you know, he's got an upgrade of weapons. We went through the past last episode, I believe it was all like, five or six one-score games that the Jaguars lost last year. Good coaching, good preparation. That physics itself. And his coach is a coach who, in his first year, went and led a team to a Super Bowl and, and brought a guy in Carson Wentz to MVP candidacy. So if he could do it with, with Carson Wentz, with ticking time bomb over there, I got to believe he could do it with Sunshine. He wasn't oh. ticking time bomb then, but right. I got to believe he could do it with Sunshine. I, I do what you want to say. He wasn't a ticket time bomb. Though. But, he, but I got to believe he could do it with Trevor Lawrence. Look, we're saying long shot. We're saying dark horse. But I don't think the Jags are set up for better success now. One, I don't think their division is as good as as crazy. Like the Titans are still the Titans. But they're, to me, they're kind of meddling in where, where they are. They're not upgrading in any way. They're not really striking fear in anybody's hearts anymore. They were the one seed last year. Nobody cares. Yeah, nobody, they don't strike fear in anybody's hearts. Like, I, I really don't think that they do. Uh, that is crazy that they were the one seed. And the Colts, I don't see success with Matt Ryan. We don't have to get into a Matt Ryan debate. I really don't want to. But I don't see, like, a whole lot of success with Matt Ryan. Their defense is still very good. They're still going to have to go through that. But Jonathan I'm Taylor. Not, I'm not, I'm not, and Jonathan, right, Jonathan Taylor. But I, I, the change of quarterback, they're putting so much stock into this Matt Ryan over Carson Wentz thing. And I think they're trying to force something. And we don't see it. So I think the Jags have an opportunity. Like there's a little crack in the door. There's a little crack in the hallway 
him to bust through it, and I think they they have the ability to. Will they? Probably not. But there's Do you a, think there's a better probably. chance that the Jaguars make the Super Bowl or the Cardinals make the Super Bowl? Ooh, probably the Cardinals. I'd say the Cardinals, but the Cardinals. I I'm I'm actually really I already bet on the Jaguars to win the division. So I'm high I, on I, I'd rather have the Jag. I don't care about being right. I'd rather have the Jaguars make the Super Bowl. I love Trevor Lawrence. I love Doug Peterson. I love right, Travis you, got a lot of, you, got a lot, you got big ties over there. You got big ties over there. That's funny. No, I mean, but to be honest, the Cardinals, perfect world, start five, six spots ahead of the Jaguars. The Cardinals now start one spot, maybe right. like, maybe equal playing to the Jaguars right now. Like maybe just because of their standing last year, they may have a spot ahead, but I don't see much positive going around in the Arizona Cardinals right now. And the AFC South is easier than the NFC West. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Um, there goes the dark horse for you. All right, man. Time to wrap up the final off-season episode. Like we said, season three is around the quarter next week. We cannot wait to be back in studio. Also got a great guest. I'll tell you about it after or at the buzzers, but we can always get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got something to say at the buzzer? I just want to talk about how this baseball season has, well, especially this Yankees Aaron Judge season has, is like a scar of the steroid era. Because if it wasn't for the steroid era, people would be all hyped up about Aaron Judge potentially breaking the Roger Maris 61 home run record. Because he's on mm-hmm. pace to finish with around 62, 63. He's at 54 right now, a record that has stood since 1961. But because of the, absurdity of the steroid era where mcguire and sosa and bonds shattered it um no it's like a kind of like oh he'd have the clean record and it's like it's it's robbing us of this moment in baseball Mm. where we could all be rooting for or against him breaking the record or not and you know what i think that's sad they should just go out and say any bonds in San Francisco, Maguire, Sosa, all of those seasons don't count on the record books. Have at it. That's what they should do. I, and I, I and mean, I, the you. fact that they're harsher on Pete Rose than they are on those guys is it's it's crazy to me. But, Matt, here's the thing. Don't blame the steroid era for there, no being hype, there being no hype around baseball. Blame the MLB for there being no hype around baseball. Like, well, if... if, if yeah. Yeah, like if the MLB ran it like half as much as the NBA does with how they market their stars, like people would be hyped to see Aaron Judge and the Yankees. You know what I mean? Like they're missing a bag. This is the most historic franchise in the MLB. Yeah, if, Eddie, know, if Eddie Casual knows it's the, it's the Yankees. I should know who they're playing tonight, and I don't because I'm not tuned into the home run race. Because the MLB stinks uh, yeah, yeah. As, a, as a franchise. Because the MLB stinks. I, I, I'm more, I actually care more about Pujols getting 700. I think that'll be more. I do, as do, I. I do too. I actually do too. I didn't think he had a chance. And he's like, I'm and he got hot, yeah. Like, yeah, he's starting to have a little chance. Uh, Jake, what you got to say at the buzzer? Have you guys ever changed uh, the SIM card, a SIM card? Matt, you probably actually are familiar with this. Yeah, in, Matt probably does it every day. Yeah. In, an, <laughs> in an iPhone. I... So I had to do it for the first time ever. They send you, you like, to, like dismantle your entire phone, don't you? Like so it doesn't it just pop out anymore. You a little thing out and it slides so, out. Uh, that's what I thought. Is and it? I am leveraging all the human strength that I have in my body onto this little tool that they give you. And like my phone's pretty busted up. So I just figured it wasn't working. Made an offhand comment about it to, you know, passing comment to Sarah. And she was able to get it open in like 
five seconds. I'm like, that cannot be possible. I just pressed that down into the phone as hard as my human body. So it must have been a finesse thing, which makes yeah, me even you have no touch. You say you're able to touch, which makes me even more frustrated that I couldn't just brute power it open like that. That <laughs> aggravates me. Why would you want to Hulk strength your true. phone open? Like, like you're going like, to break it because no, you won't really break it because there's one little hole on like a strip that's not even connected to your phone. So like you just bust up that part and. But, like, if you use, like, the SIM key is what we call it, like, little yes. thing they send you and put it in and it pops out. <laughs> I love it's it. It's easy. But if you try to, like, like, like some one time I was like, oh, I can't find it on my desk. It's probably on the desk across the room. I'll just use a paper clip. And I use a, mm. and using a paper clip is really annoying because, like, the way it just the way the leverage and the finessing doesn't work as well. So it, you can you can struggle doing it. I've had a customer come in and say, I can't get the SIM card open. How do I do it? And it. then I do it in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a 90-year-old woman. <laughs> I was about to say, so Jake is like, it was about to like, like every, in their 50s. I was about to say, so yeah, but they not, come on, man, but they in their 50s. Like Jake, this is this is the demographic you're putting yourself in. Here. I was like, hmm, I'm, I'm pretty techie. I'll be all right. And I was Girl. like wrestling with my phone trying to get it open. Crazy. Now. You asked, you asked Jake to edit an hour and a half Adobe Premiere Pro video with special effects and color grading. He got you. Ask him to what's the serial number on the inside of his phone. Can't do it. Can't Can do you it. open this lever for me? No, I can't. No, I can't. No. I'd give you a highlight tape. i give you a highlight packet. <laughs> I can't do that. Um, my, all I have to say at the buzzer, man, is, is we've been talking about a lot, but we can't promo on enough. Cannot wait for the start of season three next week back in studio and we're going to officially announce it right here in the last episode of the off season special guest for episode one of season three had honcho himself of the up on game network lavar errington will be joining us next week man we're so hyped it's been a long time coming you know what i mean like a, a whole year into this network we we finally get him on but we can't wait man we're gonna be talking nfl we're gonna set the scene for week one next week and we can't wait to have him on we can't wait to have all of our listeners back can't be wait to have to be back in full swing. But shout out to everyone on Up On Game Presents Network, LaVar, and then Plexigo, and uh, TJ Hushmanzada. And then shout out to my guys. I'll see y'all next week. Jake Galley and Stan Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.